message is persevering in a spirit of excellence. It's not just persevering, but it's making sure that we are doing it, that we continue on in a spirit of excellence, the same spirit in which we started with. You know, I think about everything that we do when we begin it new, whether it's a, a, a new school year, whether it's a new job, it's a new adventure, it's a new project, it's a new relationship. Man, we are all in. We bring our best. We bring our A game. We are so enthusiastic and, 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 and we can't wait. We're so open. Fast forward three years, five years, and all of a sudden, uh, we begin to wane on our commitment, our energy, our openness, our willingness. It's just something that happens. It's just part of human nature. And if we are relying only on our emotions, that's going to rain, right? There has to be something internal, something that's more than just emotions, because our emotions change. So that's what I want to talk about today. I want to look at two people. I want to look at Daniel and I want to look at Paul. So it's not just about uh, uh, persevering, it's how we persevere. Are we still giving God our best? Are we bringing our maximum effort, our focus, and our commitment to whatever we're doing? That's, that's what I want to talk about today. And so we're going to start in uh, Daniel 6. Just to get, I'm going to give us a quick uh, rundown. We remember um, in, in the first chapter of Daniel, uh, uh, Judah is taken into captivity um, it's besieged by the Babylonians, and they take off what, I, what I'd say the cream of the crop is. You know, the best educated, uh, some of the people that were of uh, royal uh, family, the lineage, um, it, it, the ones that are the top. And they take them back in into captivity, and Daniel is one of those, Okay. Uh, I want to remind us of the story at the very beginning. Daniel is probably in his teenage years, and, um, and they decide they take the, some of the young men that are good-looking and that will learn quickly, and they begin to train them to work in the palace, to serve in the palace. And they use three years to do that, three years to try to assimilate them into their culture. I'm going to immerse you in my culture I'm going to teach you about my culture. I'm going to teach you about my philosophy. I'm going to dress you in what I wear. I'm going to teach you the protocol, how to serve in the palace. And I'm going to go so far as to change your name. I'm going to change your name in the hopes that you will forget who you are and become much more quickly assimilated we know that uh, one of the things the king did very quickly on was he said, you can eat from my table and drink my wine. Uh, whatever I have is to be served to you. And Daniel, at that tender young age, says in his heart, I will not defile myself from eating from the king's table. 
Now, that's not what he says to, to the guy that's over him, but that's his motivation, his heart. I'm going to keep myself for my God. And so he asks them to bring vegetables and water for him. And we know that at the end of, ten, uh, at the end of three years, when it, they go into King Nebuchadnezzar, he is ten times more uh, uh, excellent than the rest. You know, he just shines. I believe because of his devotion to God. Amen. It wasn't just him. It was Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego because when David asked for that, he asked on behalf of somebody other than himself, the four of them. Okay? So that's kind of the, uh, um, how he starts. Um, he serves under Belzar, uh, and then in time, uh, the Medo-Persian come in, and they, they take over Babylon, and then he serves under that uh, king, which is King Darius. That's where we're going to start. So what King Darius did, he uh, divided up his kingdom into 120 um, states, areas, and he put... Uh, 120, one person over each state. And then what he did is he chose three people over that 120. Uh, Daniel was one of them. And he did that so that uh, his kingdom would be maintained and there would be no loss. And so now we're starting at verse 3. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other presidents and satraps because all because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Uh, Maria, I'm just going to read straight through to 10, and then I'll come back. Then the presidents and the satraps sought to find a ground plan Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they could find no ground or complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him because he was faithful. Then these men said, we shall not find any ground of complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. Then these presidents and satraps came by agreement and they said to him, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the prefects, the satraps, the counselors, the governors are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document and the injunction. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open towards Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God and he had done, as he had done previously. There's a couple things I want to uh, uh, point out. 
they could find nothing against Daniel. No matter how they looked, everything that he laid his hands to, all his administrative work, they could find no fault. They could find no corruption. They could find no negligence. And it was because it started with this line. He had a spirit of excellence in him. It said because he was faithful, because he was faithful. From the very start, I told you that story about when he was so young. What I think Daniel said in his heart. You can immerse me in your culture. You can change my clothes. You can teach me to speak your language. You can teach me how to operate and function in your courts. You can even change my name, but you cannot change who I am and whose I am, who I belong to, who I serve. It was his personal integrity. It was his high moral character that whatever I do, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. Amen. It didn't matter if that was King Nebuchadnezzar underneath the Babylonians. It didn't matter if it was Belshazzar. It didn't matter if it was Darius the, under the Medo-Persians. He served, he, if he went as a teenager and they were in captivity 70 years, his life was there. So under those circumstances, he continued to be faithful and to continue to serve in a spirit of excellence. In the midst of, uh, of opposition, and I'd call it persecution, um, but I'm American. Um, so my, my definition's a little lighter. <laughs> he still continued to be who he was. I'll be who I am, and I'll let the chips fall where they may. Amen. I'm willing to pay the cost, the price, of belonging to the one true uh, God and serving him. Amen. And the one thing from this story that we have to understand, that each one of us are called to be leaders, whether it's at work or whether it's at home or wherever it is, we're called to bring a spirit of excellence. It, he, he was distinguished not by his, his ability to do uh, interpret dreams and visions. That's not what it said. It said he was distinguished by his spirit of excellence, that inward character and integrity and how I move and what I do, which was based on his relationship with God. You see, the outward stuff that you can see, the, the, the quality of it really is a reflection of your relationship with God. That's what it is. And so when they looked at his work, it was outstanding because he understood 
I'm not just serving you. I am serving the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I'm serving the one who spoke all things into existence. This is who gets my worship. This is who I serve. Now, he just happened to put me here in your courts. You get to benefit. Everywhere you go, people benefit from your relationship that sets you apart in this world from everybody else. Your character distinguishes you. So what happens when you show up and you choose not to that day? That's how important it is, our consistency. Because we're not doing it in our names. It's not, a, it's not just a reflection on us. If, if, we, if we hold out there our witness that I belong to Jesus, I'm a Christian, I believe in him, I've been saved by him, Amen. and I live a standard below what, what is God's standard for me, and I live on a standard of the world because they operate and function differently than we do. That's why we needed the renewal of our minds, and we still do, right? Because we, we function in what we, we've been immersed in and what we grew up and what we were taught, and they were worldly standards. So when, when we don't hold that standard, not only do we lose our opportunity to witness to others, but we undermine I think it's in James where he says, show me faith without works, right? And I'll show you works that undermine my faith, the faith. That's so important. Um, let's, go, um, let's go to the next verse. I think I wanted to jump to 16. So, so here's the thing. Um, they made that decree. They stood out there. They caught Daniel praying. And so they take it before the king and they say, hey, you had this decree. And Daniel praying and, and we're bringing them to you. And poor King Darius, I'm sure he loved Daniel and he respected him. And he was trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to get him out of this? How am I going to save Daniel? And you know what? It was not in his power to save him. That decree that got signed could not be changed in any way, shape, or form. And so he tried all, all, all day. And at sundown, he had to turn him over. And they did. They put him in the lion's den, right? Remember, he seals that, uh, um, the opening with his signet ring. In other words, nobody else is going to get in there and tamper. This is going to be left uh, as it is. And he says this. Then the king commanded that Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. And the king declared to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. I love that. The, the, the king, whose word was everything, He's the one who declares who Daniel is. He says, you have served continually. And now I'm counting that you're God, the one that you love, the one that you've adored, the one that you've been dedicated to, the one that you've worshipped, the one your devotion is to. Yeah, that God is going to deliver you. That's an extraordinary thing. 
to have somebody recognize that. So not everybody's going to be against us when we're doing what we're supposed to do and we're holding a standard higher to them. Oh, how that must really rankle the world when you go in and you do your job so far above theirs, not to be feeling superior, but just because you know who you serve. I will give it my all. And I bet you that there are some people who just want to come in and coast, you know. Some people who think it's owed to them. Oh, they should be happy I showed up, as if that's the standard. Hello. Uh, you know, that, that sense of uh, um, some Somehow, it, it, it's just meant to be given to me, you know? And, and then you get promoted maybe above them, and, you, and, and they're thinking, wait a second, I've been here longer than her? Wait a minute, my education's better than his? And it pisses them off. It antagonizes them, right? But not everybody. And this is what I love. This is what I love. It puts me in mind of Joseph. Uh, Joseph's story from the Old Testament. Scripture says that uh, the Lord shuts a door that no man can open, and he opens doors that no man can close. That if you're meant to be in a particular place or position, God will put you there, and there is nothing nobody's going to be able to do about it. And it doesn't matter how much more uh, superior they may look in the world standard, God determines that. Um, can you go to the next scripture? I think it's stone 26. Um, so they come back, and, and Daniel says to the king, he, king asks, Daniel, you know, are you still there? Are you all right? And he says back to him uh, that God sent an angel to shut the lion's mouth. He was unscathed. He, he was fine. And this is what happens when we hold to, to who we are. We live our lives with character and integrity. This is what the king says. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed, and his dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Didn't matter who he was under. He still prospered. I'm thinking of Joseph as, as he was, uh, uh, his brothers throw him in the pits, then he's sold off into slavery, then he gets a decent uh, job, the wife, you know, she gets involved, that didn't go well, they put him in prison. Uh, when you think about all he went through, and every time God's favor was upon him and he prospered. Every time. Cir doesn't matter circumstances of, in the situation. God will prosper us. If we can be faithful, Amen. if we can be faithful. Uh, let's look at uh, um, 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8. And let's consider Paul just for a, a, a quick moment. 
Timothy's writing uh, uh, Timothy. This is towards the end of Paul's life. He's really encouraging Timothy. Listen, I know the, the anointing on your life. I know the call on your life. And this is what I, how you need to be. This is how you move forward. This is what community should look like. He's just really encouraging uh, him. And this is, uh, we're reading from verse 6. Now the time has come for me to die. My life is like a drink offering being poured out on the altar. I have fought well. I have finished the race. I have been faithful. So a crown will be given to me for pleasing the Lord. He judges fairly. And on the day of judgment, he will give a crown to me and to everyone else who wants him to appear with power. At the end, Paul says, listen, I have poured out my life. I have emptied myself. I have nothing left in reserve. I have put it all out there. I have given my all. Then he says, I have fought well. And it is a fight. To be able to begin is easy. It's about enduring to the end. Amen. I'm thinking of the people, and it's written in the vision. Some people come and some pass through. But I'm, I think of the people who were here, who left and go nowhere. They're, at the very least, their gifts and their talents not being utilized in the body. Even if they were meant to go on to a different community, they didn't. So it's easy to start out good, but it's what, how we're going to finish that matters. I, I, I love that part that God will judge fairly. He's the one who will determine how we did. He's the one who will say, well done, or maybe not so good. But he judges the heart. I'm thinking of... Um, going off on the weeds, but I'm going anyways. I'm thinking of um, David now. Uh, there's a story uh, about David, and David decided to make, take a census, and, and his advisors told him, I don't think that's a good idea. And, uh, but David wanted to count anyways. I want to know how many people I have. I think he really wanted to know how big his army was. And, uh, and so he, he made the count, and the Lord was not pleased. And so he sets behind, uh, out for him, there will be three choices of punishment. And, and so David finally says, two of them have to do with uh, armies coming in and invading, and one has to do with a plague and, uh, that'll last a certain amount of time. And David says, I'd rather fall into the hands of my God than into the hands of men. You'll find mercy with, men, uh, uh, with God. But you don't know what you're going to find with men. Amen. And then he says this. 
uh, right before it gets to this one property, and I'm sorry, I can't tell you whose it was, but it's before it hits Jerusalem, God stops it. He says, hold up. And so he says to David, now build an altar, altar and offer me a sacrifice. So David goes to the landowner, and I'm sure that landowner was like, whew. So when he asked for the property, he says, I'll give it to you, and I'll give you the animals. And David says, huh, I'm buying it. I will offer the Lord nothing that costs me nothing. I won't offer him anything that costs me nothing. It's a a powerful uh, um, story. Sometimes we're, we're looking uh, to people to give us accolades or praise or appreciation, and we all need it. We all need it. Um, but one thing's for sure, sometimes you're not going to find it, and you better be able to accept the fact that I might not get my reward on this side, but I'm definitely, if I'm faithful, will get it on the other side. Last scripture, Colossians 3, 23. Paul said, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not human masters. Whatever you do, We have to remember that it is the one true living God that we serve. And that we need to give him our all. Scripture says we are a living sacrifice. That is our acceptable service. Some other translation says that's our acceptable worship. My entire life belongs to him. So everything I do is an offering to him. Malachi. I got to go to Malachi. I'm going to get there, Lord, in a minute. Uh, Verse 24. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward... It is the Lord Christ you are serving. He's the one that we serve. He's the one who will reward us. Yeah, it helps us when we acknowledge one another and we appreciate one another. But ultimate, our ultimate reward is going to come from him. This whole... Things started in the, in, the, in the late spring for me, uh, maybe early summer, probably late spring. Uh, the Lord began to talk to me about persevering. And this is, uh, Lord help me, this is what I said after a couple days. I said, I don't know why we're talking about persevering. Because here's the thing, I'm going to show up. I'll be there on Sunday. I'm going to show up on Monday to clean. I'll be there on Thursday for prayer. I'm going 
going to check on the people I'm supposed to check on. I'm going to feed Sam dinner. You know, I'll pick up the laundry. I'll take care of business. Why are we talking about persevering? And then he said, in a spirit of excellence. It was like being hit in the face. It caused instant repentance. You, that's what I love about the word. That's what I love about truth, whether it's written or spoken, the, the truth, the word that comes out of the mouth of God. It tears apart. It's the scripture says, a two-edged sword. It just cuts it open. It lays it bare. It exposes everything. And what I saw was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I have become comfortable with giving you less than the best. He took me to Malachi. First chapter in Malachi says this. I'm paraphrasing, okay? I'm in the ballpark. He says this. This is what I hold against my people. You see, you're still bringing me the sacrifice. Sacrifice was the animals. That was their worship. They bring the animals to, be, to sacrifice. You bring me. You're blind. You're lame. You're blemished. That's what you bring me. That's the quality that you're bringing me. And he says, try giving that to your governor. In other words, you wouldn't think about giving it to him. Your head may roll, but you're willing to give it to me, the one true living God, the one who spoke all things into existence, the one who gave my only begotten son, that you might have eternal life. Man. So how did I get there? I'll tell you how I got there. With a thought. With a thought. I remember we, we worked downstairs really hard. I, I was on a push, poor Sam. I, I, was, I can be such a taskmaster. <laughs> well, we, first we did the bathroom, okay? And Sam wanted to paint it white, so we painted it white. Now, okay, think about this. There were so many different shades of white in that bathroom. I was like, okay, this can't, we can't do white in here. So we bought more paint, and I want you to know the color of the paint. The paint is called Irish cream. But when we put it on the walls, I was like, oh my God, it's pink. It's the men's John. And Sam said, we are not painting again. <laughs> so I was like, okay. You tell everybody it's Irish cream, and at the very least, they can call it salmon, but it is not pink. <laughs> so we did the ceiling in there, then we did two classrooms. There's an issue with the walls downstairs, you don't need to know all the issues other than this, that once you do the wall and you paint it and it looks good, three months later, you're back to the original wall because the, um, the it, it seeps, the water comes in, the minerals crystallize, it ruins the paint, and it looks terrible. But still, we put in the effort to do it, and now I'm really getting disillusioned. Now we did the jungle, Pastor Keenan. Okay, we took down the jungle and we painted. Okay, and then I, I heard some negative comments. And it was like, okay. So one day I said this. I said, I don't need this. I can take care of and maintain and put my focus and energy in my own house. 
I don't have to put it here. That was the conversation I had with myself, which continued to snowball. I became comfortable with giving less, less for God. Remember the scripture that says about uh, if you do anything without love, it's like a noisy gong. Yep. You can give over your whole body to be burnt, but you don't have love. Yeah. The thing we do has to be done, rooted and grounded in our love for God, but our love for one another. And I could have caught that sooner if I would have used this principle. Was it moving me towards love or away from love? Was it moving me towards serving others or serving self? Was it about my ego? Was it about my pride? Was I discouraged and disillusioned? It doesn't look the way I thought it would, even when I'm, I finished. I mean, I was already feeling bad about it. I put in all this time and energy, and ugh, it didn't turn out the way I thought it should have. But if I would have remembered that what I do, what you do, what we're called to is to serve the Lord. And he deserves our best. Amen. Our best. And if we're going to persevere and continue in a spirit of excellence, we have to recognize that we have to watch our thoughts. We have to fight against flesh. We got to remember we have an adversary who would like nothing more than to have us think, I'm okay because you know why? Marilyn, I showed up on Sunday. <laughs> hey, Mark, I cleaned on Monday. I did prayer on Wednesday. And he's saying, okay, I've had enough of that. Now let me show you what you really are doing. Boom. You're bringing me, the blind, the lame, the blemished. You're bringing me your leftovers. You're giving me a half measure and you're thinking it's great when I've given you my all. Whatever we do, we need to do it with our whole hearts as unto the Lord. Amen. I love you. God bless you.